This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. So um, I do feel like I have a word from the Lord for you guys, for us as a people. I think I need this word. I think we all need it. And I didn't really tell Michael much about what I felt to talk about, but um, when he was just up here saying, I feel like this is going to be something that's going to help us just to continue to be in God's presence. Um, That's right on the money. And all that God has done tonight, I keep hearing everyone saying, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. And that's what God woke me up with. He always does that to me. I love it. Um, Because I never know what I'm supposed to speak about. And I'll get things in the night a lot of the times. And I'll, I'll wake up and write them down. And he said, teach them about being thankful. We need to live a life of gratitude and thankfulness. We really do. Like us as a, as a body, us as a people, children of God, we have to be thankful. We need to be grateful for all that God has done for us so he can bless us with more. Because he wants to bless his children. He really does. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out more on us and lavish us with more than we could ever imagine. And sometimes when we hear that, we get that twisted a little bit and think, it's all about money. I'm not even talking about money. I'm just talking about God's goodness. Just to live a blessed life of just peace and happiness and fruitfulness. And yeah, I want you to be blessed financially too. I don't want you to have lack. I don't feel like that's what God has for us. So, But it's just so much more than money. It's so much more than possessions. It's just a life of having enough. And that's what God wants for us. And I have to tell you, I mean, I don't feel like I was always the most grateful person. Um, It's something that I still have to work at every now and then. Um, I could be the kind of person that sees the glass half half empty. That's totally me. Yeah, Michael would be the other way around. So when I met Michael, um, he would always say little things like, just have a heart of gratitude. Always be thankful. And that's something I've constantly worked on. And I've seen God change my life completely as I've learned to be thankful for everything that he's done. Everything. I mean, big or small. Did you see how when we were thanking God for the healings that more started happening? Did you see that? That's because God is seeing how thankful we are. Even if someone gets healed from a fever or a broken toe, be thankful, and then more will happen. That's just how God, that's the kingdom. That's how it works. So I just, I, I really want you guys to, um, all of us to understand that. So I've got some Bible verses for you guys. So we can go to 2 Corinthians 4, 15, uh, 4 chapter 4, verse 15. Now I read out of the New Living Translation, so it's not as serious as Michael's King James translation that he always reads from. This is a little more easy. I like it that way. But yeah, 2 Corinthians 4.15. And it says, All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people... There will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Do you know that the Lord receives glory when we're thankful? This is just one verse, but there's many verses all throughout the Old Testament where you see that. Like, that's how the Lord receives glory, from our gratitude, our thanksgiving, our praise. That's how he gets glory. When Solomon was bringing the ark to the temple, 
he knew the Israelites had to bring thanksgiving and praise. You see that if you read through that. I've been in the Old Testament a lot lately. I've really been enjoying the Old Testament more than I normally do. But you see that when they were bringing the ark to the temple, what were they doing? They were thanking the Lord. They were praising him. They were being thankful. They were thanking, thanking him for what they were brought out of. Everything that God was doing, they were worshiping him. And that brings the glory. Go to Second Chronicles 5.13. If you're not there, I can just read it to you. The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good. He is faithful. His love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Yeah, we all want his presence. That's what we talk about so much. That's what, um, yeah, I just feel the Lord when I said that. We at Jesus Image, our ministry, you guys know us. We're, we just love the Lord's presence. Like Michael said, the presence is him. That, that's what makes my heart happy. I mean, we've never wanted to wow you with our speech and our words and I don't want to impress you. I'm, I'm not that impressive. I'm really not. I did. I, I've sucked at school. I'll never wow you with my language. I mean, that's not me. But I want you guys to leave us and leave this place and say, I felt the presence of the Lord. I don't know what she said. I don't know what Michael said. I can't remember what he preached on or what that person sang about. But man, I felt Jesus. That's my heart. That's That's my cry. I want people to come to us, not to hear about us. I want them to encounter Jesus. But here it says that's, that brought the presence of the Lord, the, the glory filled the place, and that's what we live for. Not for the experience, but for Jesus, because he is his presence. He's the cloud. He's the cloud. It's the Lord. But you get that through thanksgiving and praise. Ah. Oh. Thanksgiving is connected to prayer. I've got a lot of Bible verses tonight. I hope that's okay with you guys. Yay. Philippians 4, 6. I'll read it to you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's something that we always forget about. We tell God all of our problems. We tell him all of our issues. We tell him all the things we need, and I know we all need so much, but we forget to thank him for what he's done. That's part of it. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So you want the peace of the Lord? I do. But it's telling you right here how to get it. So just don't ask the Lord for things you want and things you've been believing for. Thank him for everything he's done. Everything he's done. Someone said to me once, and I never really thought about it, but man, I celebrate everything God's doing. I really do. Yeah, I have my moments. I have my like moments where I'm like, oh, the house, I need to paint this and do this. And I'm just like, just be thankful you have a house. Just be quiet. But everything God has done in Jesus' image, I celebrate it. I honest to God do. And it has to be the Lord because somebody said to me once, they said, 
Wow, I think it was our second uh, Jesus at the time. We called it Jesus Conference. And it was our second one we did. And I was freaking out because we moved from a church to a hotel. And I think we went up maybe, we got to like 1,500 people or something like that. And I was just, oh my gosh. And somebody said, I didn't think you'd be so excited about this. You grew up in crusades. Your dad used to get 30,000 people twice a month. I didn't think you would celebrate this. And I thought, oh my gosh, I I would never look at life that way. Like, I feel so grateful that God is trusting Michael and I with even two people. I'm grateful, honest to God. And I think the Lord did something in my heart because I thought, man, that's probably how it's supposed to be. I should probably look at life that way. I should probably look at what God's done with Michael and I and say, I've seen a lot. I just have. I've, I've been around great ministries. Most of the ministries that we hang out with, they're bigger than ours. They, they do amazing things. But meaning like we're hanging, you know, Reinhard Bunky, these things, they've done so many great works. I mean, we got to go with my father to India and see 7.3 million people. I could have compared my life to that. that it's, it's historic. No, I think it's the largest gathering for a miracle a service ever. But I didn't look at that. I didn't see that and say, well, God, thank you for the 1,500 that showed up, but my dad had this many. This person has that many. My friend has this. I want that. If I would have positioned my heart that way, God would have never trusted us to give us more. Never. And that's what we do as a people. We're so trained, and that's why I do feel like this is something God wants to put in our hearts tonight because we're so trained as people to look at what our brother and sister have, to look at what we don't have. That's how we program our minds. And we have to almost retrain our thoughts to not think that way. Not to think about what we don't have, what we're hoping to have, and just enjoy what God's given us. Are you alive? Are you breathing? Be thankful. Just be thankful. Be thankful in the little, and God will give you much. Yeah, I love what Michael always says. He says, don't ask God for a bigger home if you don't even clean the house you have. It's so true. <laughs> he used to tell me that when we got our first apartment. I'd be like, I want a house. I want to own my own house one day. This, I don't want to rent. And it'd be dirty. And he'd say, you can't ask God to bless you with a house when you don't even clean up the apartment he gave us. And it's so true, though. That's, it's like practical stuff. It's so true. I want a new car. Well, are you taking care of the car the Lord's given you? I'm not saying this to condemn. I promise you I'm not. That's not me. I, this is stuff that I need to hear too sometimes, you know? But man, celebrate the little things. Celebrate the little victories that life brings your way. Celebrate the health that you do have. Okay, my ears don't work. Yeah, but your eyes do. So thank God for that. Thank God for that. And, and he'll heal your, your ears. Because you've positioned your heart to be grateful. And gratefulness moves the heart of God. It just does. It moves Jesus. It moves his heart. You enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. We all want to be trustworthy friends of the Lord. That's what we all want. If you're in ministry, if you're not in ministry, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're not, if you're a teenager, it doesn't matter. Trust me, one day we will all want the same thing. We will want to please Jesus. We will want to meet our maker one day, and we will want to know that we pleased his heart. We'll want to know that we were a faithful friend.
And he can't trust you with more if you're not thankful for what you have right now. And he wants to give you so much more. That's why I'm saying these things. He wants to, I feel that so strong for us. I felt it last week when I was doing the offering and it wasn't for the offering because the offering really wasn't even that good. So it was, it was for you. It wasn't for us. Do you know what I mean by that? Sorry, I'm too honest sometimes, but it wasn't, it's not for us. I don't say these things just to, to like get a reaction from you guys. I say it because I want you guys to live the best life God has for you. I do, but these are the keys. You have to be thankful. You can ask him to help you. Maybe that's just not your personality. I definitely have my moments, and I will sometimes just sit before the Lord and just just start thanking him. I'll just start thinking of things, and then as I thank him for things, then more things come to my mind, and oh my gosh, that's right. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for my mom, my dad, my kids, my, my husband. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for this. Thank you. And then you'll just see, you don't think you have much to be thankful for, and then as you start speaking, it just, all these things start welling up in your heart, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to be thankful for. If you have a bad day and you're feeling gloomy and low, just make a list of the things that you do have to be thankful for, and you'll be amazed how it will shift the room, and it will shift your, your attitude. Everything will shift. It will. Everything will shift. I know people, and I, I was that way too, that see the bad in everything. They just do, and, and it's so sad because others see what they have and others see how other people have it, and you think, oh, man, you really don't have it that bad, you know? Not that you don't have compassion. You have to have compassion for people. Of course, I'm just saying there's some people that never got this memo. They never learned to live a life this way, and they just chose to live a life of, of bitterness, and that's the opposite of thankfulness. If you're not living a thankful life, you'll end up living a bitter life. Trust me. It's like the exact opposite. And when you live a bitter life, you're never free. You're never happy. You don't have joy. You're always heavy. Have you ever been around people like that? Like literally they walk into the room and you can feel the heaviness when they walk into the room with them. And then you might meet someone that's just so thankful about everything. Like when we go to Bethel and visit there, there is this guy, Salem, you know him. He's the parking attendant. And every time we drive in, he's always dancing. You know him, David. Yeah. He's an older man. He does the parking. I mean, that is known to be one of the probably least glamorous jobs to do at a church like that. The parking. And he's there faithfully every Sunday for hours. They have three services, don't they? Yeah. He's there for hours, and when you drive up on the property, the first thing you see, I'm sure they position him there on purpose, knowing how they are. The first thing you see is that man waving and dancing and shouting, hello, like that's your first thing that you see when you drive into Bethel, and it sets the whole tone for the whole day. It really does. It excites you. I'm like, oh, can't wait to get in there. What's God going to do today? What's God going to say? Just one little man, one man that I don't even know his name. But every time I see him, I get so excited. I get so excited. He makes my day better. Could you imagine if that was a Debbie Downer? It was like, meh. Like, you know, 
like a mean lady or mean man that just looked miserable and didn't wave. And you could you imagine how different it would be? It'd be such a different experience. But that's what I'm trying to say. Positioning your heart to be a person of thankfulness and, and gratitude and peace and happiness, even when it's not going your way, can literally shift the whole atmosphere. It can change the whole room. It can change people. When we were in Ohio a couple years ago, we did a, um, a partner breakfast, and I was just walking by. I didn't think anything of it. And I put my hand on a guy and just said, I'm so glad you're here. And I looked him right in the eyes because I meant it. I wasn't just saying it just to say it. I just, but it was really quick and casual. I did it to everybody. Didn't think anything of it, but I looked him right in the eyes and hugged him and said, I'm so glad you're here. So nice to meet you. What's your name? I'm Jessica. And went on by. Didn't think much of it. He came to me a year later when we went back to the church that we were visiting, and he said, I, I have to tell you this story. That day, I was thinking about committing suicide. And he said, if just one person would look my way and just say hello and just make me feel like I'm a person, I won't do it. And he said, then you came up to me and you said, hey, how are you? And you looked me right in the eyes and I didn't kill myself. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I never forgot that because I didn't think anything of it. I thought that I was doing just what anyone should do is say hi to somebody. And that, that literally saved his life. And that's not me. That was the Lord in me. That was, I was just in a thankful place. I was happy. I was thankful. I was happy to be alive. I wanted to just mingle and talk to people. And that made such a difference. You have that power. <laughs> you really do. You have more than you know. Celebrate others. That's so important as well. It's so important to celebrate other people. Celebrate the victories that others get, even when it's a victory that you want and you never got. It's, it's so vital. Growing up in the healing crusades, the most people that I would ever, Michael and I would have to go out in the audience and start trying to find the miracles because they'd always happen during praise, worship, actually. It always happened in worship which was so cool to see because it wasn't the people that were coming up on the stage. And they were happening as they were worshiping the Lord. And the people that were always the ones getting healed right away were the people that were forgetting about their issues and just loving Jesus and praying for their brother and sister in Christ to get a breakthrough because they needed a healing. And then they would get healed when they were praying for that person to get healed. And then the people that would be celebrating the victories of the person getting healed and giving their testimony, then they would get their healing in the audience. Celebrate your friends. Celebrate the victories of others. It's, I've told this to my friends before, and it means there's like a handful of people that I call when I want to tell them something really exciting in my life. Not because I don't trust the other people, but I know they're going to celebrate with me. I know I can trust them. I know they'll be excited for me. I know there won't be any jealousy or any competition. And man, those, those people mean the world to me. And you know what? Those people are also blessed. And it's, not, it's because they celebrate the victories of others. They're genuinely happy when good things come my way and Michael's way. There's, there's just, we have to stop living a life of competition and, 
and all this stuff. It's just got to die. And there's so much of it. There's so many people, and I felt this during praise and worship, and please know my heart, but there's so many people that are so consumed at what is not going their way. They're so consumed in what other people, the victories that other people are getting, that they think belong to them, that they are wrapped up in this crazy, crazy stuff that they, they can't get breakthrough. And I really feel like God is saying, just please, just don't worry about that. Don't look at other people. Don't look at your brother and sister. Don't look at, don't look at what God is doing in other people. Don't look at that. Just look to me. Just look to me. Just be thankful for everything I've given you and so I can give you more. Because he wants to. But when you do that, you, you tie his hands. You do. Because he just wants to pour out his blessings on you guys. He really does. He wants to just pour out his blessings. Let's go to Luke 17, 12 through 19. I love this passage. I'll read it to you guys. 17. If I can find it. (laughs) It's about Jesus, you know, when he heals the ten lepers. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, just one out of the ten. When he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And God said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Jesus noticed that the others weren't thankful. So don't think for a second that when you don't have a heart of gratitude, that the Lord doesn't notice that. If he noticed it in the Bible, he notices it now. And it means something to him. It touches his heart when we're thankful. Yeah, I just want to pray for a second, actually. Jesus, we just thank you, God. Holy Spirit, would you help us live a life of gratitude? Would you teach us, Jesus, to be thankful children, God? Would you help us, Jesus? We can't do it without you, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to focus on the good and not the bad. Yeah, I just see that there's, there's people in here like I used to be that just don't know how to do that. They just can't rest because they look for problems all the time because they're more used to life having issues and life being peaceful. So even when things are peaceful and things are good, they're actually not at rest because their hearts just used to trouble. 
So Jesus, would you heal them right now? Would you heal those people, God, and settle their, their hearts, God? Would you teach them, Jesus, to see the good in everything, Lord? Yeah, and to see the good in even the people that you need to forgive. that you'd see the good in the people that hurt you. That you see the good in the messy situation you're in. And the good is Jesus. He's the good. Teach us to live lives of gratitude, Holy Spirit. We want to be a grateful people, God. We want your glory, Lord, to fall, Jesus. We want our homes to be filled with your glory, God. We want our lives to be filled with your glory, Jesus. We want our children to be filled with your glory. We want our marriages filled with your glory, Jesus. We want your glory, Jesus, to rest upon our life. Day in, day out, God, we need your glory, God. Because what are we doing without it, Lord? What's the point of living, God, without your glory, God? We want to give you a resting place, Jesus, where you can dwell, Jesus, Lord. And we know the key, Lord, to opening that up is thankfulness, God, and praise, God. So Holy Spirit, teach us to be thankful people. Just start thanking him for things, Lord. We just thank you, God, for the blood. We thank you for the cross, Jesus. Just thank him. Don't listen to me. Just thank him for everything he's done. Lord, we thank you, God, for never giving up on us, God. We thank you, God, for those that you healed tonight, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us, God. We thank you, Father, for our families, God. We thank you, God, for our homes, God, for our cars, God, for food to eat, God, on the table, God. We thank you, God, for the friends we have, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your love, God. We thank you, God, that you never give up on us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for the cross, Lord, your blood. Gosh, if you can't find something to be thankful for, be thankful for the blood. Be thankful for the blood that was shed. Be thankful that your life was worth Jesus dying. Jesus, we love you, God. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need you to teach us, God, to live lives of gratitude, God. Through everything, God, through the trials, through the storms, Lord, through life, God. Teach us to be thankful, God. Teach us to not look at what other people have or what they're doing, God, but just to look on you, God. I thank you, God, you're going to pour out a blessing on your people, God, like never before, Jesus. And I don't think it's by accident that I'm talking about this before a new year, and I'm not one to be like, new year, whatever. But let's go into this new year making a vow to the Lord that we will be people of thankfulness and gratitude and praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. Jesus, help us. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.
Forgive us, Jesus, when we haven't thanked you, God. Forgive us, Lord, for treating, being able to even read our Bible, Lord, and pray as common, God, Lord, where there's so many other people, God, around the world that can't even do that, God. Forgive us, Lord, for a lack of gratitude, God. Forgive us, Lord, for not counting our blessings as much as we should, God. Forgive us, Lord, for treating you as common, God. Jesus, forgive us, Lord. Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, Lord. Jesus, we thank you. Life uh, with the Lord, especially in this, this line of work, if we're called to walk with Jesus and live this thing out, authentically, we're going to run into situations that are very difficult. For those of you who heard last week, you know that Ben Fitzgerald and I were in the hospital, was it the night before? Yeah. Saturday night. How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? I just want to know. Oh, most of you. Okay. Two nights before. So. I have a, somebody who works with Jessica's father, they were here on vacation and visiting family and a car it was just a mom and her daughter driving on vacation and a car hit them the mom was fine and it broke the four year old girl's neck in the back in the car seat and we were at a Christmas gathering Ben was with me and we got the phone call that to pray what I didn't know is that she was in our city I thought she was out in California because that's where they're from when I found out that they were in Orlando, we rushed over. Ben said, I want to go with you. And, man, we, we called on God. We did everything we knew to do. She was brain dead when we got there. The machines were keeping her alive. And literally did everything I knew to do in the scriptures, that the scriptures teach, or even... Stuff that I had done before that got us a breakthrough, which is all really legal. I mean, if you, that's a, a great place to start. But the reason I say we need more of God is because presence gives you what your knowledge of principles don't give you. And it's the voice that comes from His presence that tells you which principle fits the moment? Are you hearing me? Like Jesus rubbed mud on a man's eye and then in another moment he spit on someone's tongue. Which works? Both work. It just depends on what the Spirit is saying in the moment. And that's why I say we need more. And Ben and I left. That little girl didn't get up and we got the text the next morning. Her name was Princess and she died. All that to say... This is far too common. It's these things, the, the, the prayer requests I get. I got one today my, from a friend of mine. Hey, my son's hooked on drugs. He is stealing from us. He's, you know, uh, another friend of mine has, you know, is fighting health issues. Another friend of a friend of ours uh, in Reading, uh, their daughter is dating a great young man, his father died last night, right? 
a young man, probably what, my age? Something like that. I'm not saying this to... I don't, we're not asking for a pity party. I'm just saying that this line of work requires you going toe-to-toe with the devil. It just does. And you're going to hear the most serious and most pressing needs that demand something greater than our natural ability. Are you, are you hearing me? And I, I, I feel like God, in the midst of this river that's flowing, that many of you sitting here tonight are bound. And you don't have to be bound. And I, I feel that many of you believe the lie that you have to be bound by sin until the day you die to be free. A great man said that if you, if you think you need to wait till, until you die to be free, then you've made death your Savior and not Jesus. And in our context, in today's society, the fruit of being born again is whether or not you show up to church and listen to worship music. Or whether you pray to prayer. How many of you know the sinner's prayer didn't die on a cross for you? Now, we use the sinner's prayer everywhere we go, but you have to meet Jesus in that prayer. The fruit biblically of being born again is you being a brand new creature. It is sin dying. I mean, look, I'm not saying that if you sin, you're of the devil, but Jesus said it. I'm not saying it. 1 John 3, 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. I know this is fresh and piercing, but look, the Lord told me in 2004, I'm going to give you a a message so old it'll sound new again. It's the message of Jesus. Jesus, what he's saying here, that word committeth means him who is bound, him who is giving his life over, him who cannot control his members, whose life is the life of a slave. Jesus did not die and become a prisoner so you could stay a prisoner. The born again experience is exactly what the word means. It literally means that the old you dies and you are given a new nature. And that nature is the nature of Jesus himself. So Jesus isn't interested in cleaning you up or rubbing out your stains or helping you with your minor weaknesses. This is what he does. He murders you, nails you to a tree, the old you, gives you his life, you give your sinful, bound life to him, and he gives you himself and raises you up as a brand new person. The fruit of that is this, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That's the Christian life. That doesn't mean you never screw up, but this is what that absolutely does mean, that sin is not your master. That's what that means. So if you're sitting there tonight, And the presence of Jesus is foreign to you. If you're sitting there tonight and you cannot control your body. If you're sitting there tonight and sin is natural to you. You need to get saved. Because sin, sin is unnatural to the child of God. So when the child of God sins, something in them feels unnatural. They hate it. They hate the thought of it. They hate the feel of it. They hate what it does to their life. It breaks their heart. The presence of God is food 
to the person who knows the Lord. These are biblical fruits of being born again. You say, I'm saved. Here's my question. From what? You should say, I am saved from this and that and that and that. And most of all, I have been saved from myself. So Jesus doesn't help sin. He destroys sin. He buries sin. You say, man, it's that old man. He just keeps coming back. No, the old man dies when you get saved. When you bow your knee, the knee of your will to Jesus, that old man goes into the ground. And you can be tonight raised up in newness of life. And now you say, what in the world does that have to do with what God is doing in the room? Everything. Because listen, what God is doing in the room can actually live in your body. Every eye, I want you to look at me. Every eye in here. What has this atmosphere in this room can actually be encased and housed in your body. And so Jesus said it like this. I will never leave you nor forsake you, even unto the end of the age. In other words, I will live inside of you forever. Now this is what the Bible says. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You actually receive a payment for a life of sin. What is sin? This is what sin is at the core. Sin is saying, God, I don't need you. God, I don't want you. It is turning the back of your heart to the Lord. That's what sin is. Sins are the symptoms. Pornography is a symptom of a greater issue. The greater issue is you can actually receive satisfaction from the presence of the Holy Spirit instead of a screen. The devil wants you to believe that you have to be bound just because that's what everyone does. No, everyone does not do that. And you don't have to. You don't have to walk in here full of shame, feeling a little bit better tomorrow, and then bound again. This stuff can break off of you. Listen, the born again, the born again experience is a full-blown experience. It's more of an experience than anything you've ever experienced. It's God, you dying on a tree by faith when Jesus died 2,000 years ago and you trading life and you receiving the life of God. That's an experience. The wage of sin is death. What is death? Separation from the Lord. No touch of His presence. No conversation. No true intimacy with the Lord. That is death. You are completely cut off from the Lord. That's the wage. That's the paycheck for living a life of sin. But, everyone say but. The gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Now listen, listen. You have to earn your bondage. If you, if you want to keep earning it, go ahead. If you want to keep working, go ahead. This will be your paycheck. Separation. So you earn death. But eternal life is a gift. You earn death. You receive life. You receive life. And you receive eternal life through a person named Jesus. You said, man, I've never heard anything like that. Here's the deal. You've never heard the gospel. But tonight you have. Tonight you've heard the love of God. You feel the love of God flowing from the room, flowing through the room. And it would be a disservice if tonight we didn't extend the love of Jesus through the gospel. 
you can be free tonight. You don't have to be a slave anymore. You can live a victorious life. You say, what do I need to do? This is what you need to do. You say, Jesus, take my life. Take everything I am. I believe you are who you say. Or every head bowed and eye closed. You say, tonight I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I really want to be born again. I want to know what it is to live in victory. I want you to lift your hands up right now. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. I want everyone to stand, please. Everyone, would you please stand? If you raised your hand or you wish you did, I want you to come on. Come run forward. There were many of you. You come. Come get free tonight. Come on. Come get free tonight. Just wonderful. Come all the way front. Get very close. Get very close. Come up here. All the way. This is precious. Come on. Come on. Come on. You say, I don't want to play this religious game anymore. I'm done with all this. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be free. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. Can you guys come? Can I have our, our team surround them? I need some students. Allie, can we surround them? Thank you, Lord. You know, with everything in me, I hate religion. Because religion allows you to play a role. What a horrible life of bondage, to play a role, to know all the right things to say, but not have Jesus living in your heart. Can we extend our hands towards these people, please? Would you all look at me if you've come forward? Ma'am, can you, can you get her attention? Just look up here for one second. Look, if you've come forward tonight, it's not about you getting every single word perfect. It's about who you're talking to. And tonight, this is what the Bible says, that if any man call, call upon the Lord, the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. That's what he said. So tonight, you're going to receive a person. Are, are you hearing me? You're going to receive a person tonight. A real person. You're going to talk to him. And Jesus said, if any man come unto me, I will by no means cast him away. So you're going to call on the Lord, who is real. And this is what's going to happen. As you receive him and every single piece of who he is. He's going to cancel all of your sins. Okay? And you're going to leave here in newness of life and he's going to replace you with himself. And he's going to come live inside of you. Okay, are you ready? I wanted to say that so you talk to him and not us tonight. All right, close your eyes. I want all of us to extend our hands. We're going to pray this with them. Are you ready? And we're going to pray it out loud. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight because we need you. Jesus, cleanse my sin. Wash us in the blood of Jesus. I am a sinner. Forgive me. Lord Jesus, you died on the cross to cancel my sin. You've been raised from the dead because you are God Almighty to give me life. And so today, so today I, confess I confess that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He's coming back, coming back as, King as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Lord of Lords. So, Jesus, so Jesus, I give you my life tonight. I give you my entire life. And I make you the Lord of my life. 
Come and live inside of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say this. I repent of my ways. I repent of my old thoughts. And I receive you. Amen. Amen. All right, stretch your hands quickly, quickly, quickly. Now, Father, pick those keys up. Father, in the name of Jesus, fill them with the Spirit. Come on, stretch your hands just begin praying in the Spirit. Oh, fill them in the Holy Ghost. Fill, 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 fill. Fill. Fill them. Fill them. Fill them. Fill with the Spirit of the Lord. That's right. That's right. That's right. Fill with the Spirit of the Lord. Man, there's fire flowing. Oh, keep praying. Keep praying. The Lord's touching them. Fill, fill, fill. Fill, fill, fill. Fill with the Spirit of the Lord. Great baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Fill. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, Jesus. Can we lift a shout? Come on. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Can we take them over there on the side? Baby, will you walk them over there? He can stay. He's having a great time. Take your seats, would you please? Before you're dismissed. Next week is a very special week here. So you need to get here and get here early. It's going to be pandemonium. And uh, I'm just telling you, get here early when the doors open. I'm coming like a, oh man. I'm ready to drink from a fire hose. I'm telling you. I'm sure you all are hungry. I, I don't know if you're hungrier than me. I mean... I come in here, I'm like, yes. Like, Jess is ministering, I'm chewing up every word. But next week's going to be very, very, very wonderful. Uh, you students, you're spoiled little, what are you guys? Weasels, that's right. You get all these wonderful, wonderful moments. First, just right off the bat, it took me 20 years to get them. But uh, I want to say this. Uh, I felt to release this. Thank you, David. You can... Um, we, we are, uh, I'll go back to it a little bit. <laughs> How many of you know what's happening in these Sunday nights and in our school? And Jesus 18 is really special. It has nothing to do with me. I'm very aware of that. I don't do much. Uh, one... <laughs> Michael Miller from the upper room is a dear friend. He, he called me. He said, the Lord spoke to me and said to me, watch Michael during Jesus 18 and learn. Learn. Uh, like, keep your eyes on what, what I'm doing in him. <laughs> and he left Saturday morning. I preached Saturday night. So he said his life got changed from watching Jesse and I. <laughs> and he didn't see his minister. We didn't. All we did is worship the Lord. I think the Lord is just waiting for people who will give him room. Yeah. 
And um, as we minister to the Lord, there is a redemptive work that takes place in families, in our lives, in the person next to you, uh, in their body physically, in cities and in regions. Um, I'm not going to read you the verse for the sake of time, but just trust me, it's in the Bible. In Mark's account of the demoniac uh, being set free, it's pretty interesting because the scripture says that Jesus asked that, le- that uh, there was a legion in him. He asked the demons, what, what, he said, what's your name? And he said, legion, for there are many of us here. So one spoke up for the rest of them. On, in a few of the gospel accounts, the demon said, don't, don't send us out into the dark pit, basically. Uh, we don't want to go before our time. But in Mark's account, the Bible says the demon said to the Lord, do not send us out of this region. Some of you got it, some of you didn't. The devils hate losing actual territory. Like literal territory. They, they, they would have rather gone into those swine and go off the cliff than be sent out of that region. That demoniac ministered in Decapolis, which were ten cities. Amazingly enough, that demonic influence in one man gripped an entire region, not just a city, and released fear. He was literally a portal of fear and demonic control, and it all lived in his body. That verse I read to you guys last week, that as we praise the Lord from the Psalms, that we bind their nobles with fetters and bind their kings, and this is the inheritance of the saints. I'm telling you prophetically, by the Spirit, that your worship and praise is redemptive in nature, that it's literally releasing a region It's releasing a region into its destiny. See, you think you coming in here and just worshiping Jesus, that it's not accomplishing a whole lot. It's accomplishing way more than you could ever imagine. You are binding their nobles with fetters. That means princes, thought processes, principalities that have caused people to think that it's God's will for people to be sick or that sometimes he wants to heal or he doesn't love everyone or that this person's too far gone. Literally, mindset shift when you take your priestly office. And I want you to be aware of that. Now, here's what I don't. I don't want you coming in to praise on Sunday nights and worship to bind devils. That's not why we praise. The Bible says, great is the Lord and he is greatly to be praised. In other words, we praise him because he's phenomenal. But I want to tell you about a little side benefit and a natural product and fruit of someone who praises. You are literally driving demonic influence out of a region and Jesus' kingdom is becoming more and more manifest. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you by the Spirit, the nations, 70 nations were represented at Jesus 18. 70. I'm telling you tonight, that way more than 70 nations will descend on this city because a healing, redemptive flow and tangible presence of Jesus is going to set up shop here. Absolutely. I believe it with all my heart. 
That there'll be a people who actually believe, wait a second, my hands are loaded. My hands are loaded. When my hands touch the sick, sickness leaves. Wait a second. That person I'm looking at, Jesus actually loves them at the store. I'm going to preach the gospel to them. And if I look stupid, what a blessing it is to look stupid. I'm telling you, God is going to start shifting mindsets. Stuff you were afraid of, God is going to cause you to celebrate. You're going to go after this stuff that that maybe you're seasoned. uh, Help me be respectful, Lord. There are too many leaders who have died on the inside and called it balance. And they want you to die with them because it doesn't convict them. But I'm telling you, God is raising up a people who are going to convict the leaders. God's going to so blow through youth groups and, 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 and the person who got saved the week, when the person who got saved the week before starts pulling people out of wheelchairs, it's going to cause pastors to go, what on earth am I doing? And we need that. I see some of these wild wolverine banshee students that we have. They provoke me. I love it, man. I, that's what I want. I'm telling you right now, God is renewing the mind of an entire region, of a people. But you know, you know what? You say, man, this is way too big. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't accomplish all this. No, but you can lift your hands and worship the Lord. I'm telling you, there's something beautiful about someone who understands, wait a second, I'm a priest and I don't leave my post. Did you hear that? There's something powerful about a man or woman who says, come hell or high water, I don't care what the devil throws at me today. I'm not leaving my post. I'm going to worship the Lord. If so-and-so says this about me, if this person thinks I'm this way and I don't think I am, or they want to think, what if so-and-so... You're just going to learn to go like this and bat those flies out of the awareness of your soul and go, wait a second, wait a second. I'm not here to protect me. I'm here to worship Jesus. That kind of lifestyle causes God to come. And when God descends in a region, he does what we could never do on our own. So I want to release you with that, okay? Lift your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing, that you're stirring up, you're stirring up You're stirring up oil. You're stirring up oil in our hearts. You're stirring up oil, Lord, that stories that we heard from our fathers and their fathers, as beautiful as they are, that our stories will be greater in this this region. Do it. I pray this would be a presence-filled magnet, this city, God, that your glory would shine, that your Shekinah glory would shine on us and in us and among us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Yeah. Look, uh, we're going to... Guys, can we bring the buckets up before you go? Or should we do it on the way out? Okay. Ushers, you can stand. Sorry we forgot the offering. You can't accuse us of being money, money preachers if you forget the offering. <laughs> um, but I do want to encourage you to give to the Lord. We've got some amazing weeks coming up and we need your prayer support and your giving. So... Um, let me just pray over that. Father, I thank you for every seed sown that you would bring a blessing and a harvest to everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. 
By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.